I am a little bit of a drama queen, but I definitely will be having a horrible day and then wash my hair, style it, and then think, okay, everything's actually all right. <laughs> and one of the best products I've tried recently is Waze New Hair Gloss. It takes five minutes. It's an easy addition to your routine. You do it in the shower. It's made with hyaluronic acid and rice water. Not only does the hair gloss give you immediate shine straight from the shower, it also helps treat damage and enhance color vibrancy, so your hair is looking and feeling healthier. It also helps prevent heat damage up to 450 degrees, which is very important to me. And then it's honestly just a bonus that my hair looks shinier and healthier. The hair gloss is only one of the amazing products that Way makes. They have an amazing leave-in conditioner, a great detox shampoo, some lovely fragrances, and a hair oil. So give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use promo code Lexi, L-E-X-I-E, for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com with promo code Lexi. This podcast is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. You can sell your products on an online store or create custom merch easily to create a passive income stream that engages your audience and scales your brand. Design your products and production inventory and shipping are all handled for you, saving you time and money. Use their analytical insights to grow your business. Learn where your site visits and sales are coming from and analyze which channels are most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com Lexi to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com L-E-X-I-E. Hello everyone, I'm Lexi Lombard, your host of the At Lexi podcast, and in this new episode, I want us all just to imagine that we're at a beach, okay? We're at an all-inclusive resort, there's a bar at the pool that you can swim up to, and you don't need to have your wallet because you paid for it ahead of time. You look over at the lounge chairs and your loved ones are there, maybe it's your friends, your family, your significant other and they're just smiling they're reading their book laying in the sun you look at them and you're happy to be with them but you're also having a little moment to yourself and you feel so good so content <laughs> i'm feeling the opposite of that right now i'm in such a dark place right now i'm in such darkness and my default typically i operate at like a slightly happy mood like that's my default I'm a little bit above average in the happy department I know darkness I'm I'm familiar with darkness I even would go as far to say that I'm somewhat friendly with darkness it's still frustrating when you're like but I just want to be light-hearted I just want to be not thinking about things too heavily I want to feel light and I don't I feel like I'm in the thick of it right now I'm in this new stage of grief, and I don't think it's as simple as the Kubler-Ross five stages of grief that we all know and love and hold so dearly because it's a digestible way to understand death. I don't think it's like that. I'm entering this new phase, and it's... I don't have a word for it yet, and I really feel like there's a dark cloud hanging over my head, and it's been there, and uh, sadly... Over the weekend, so I got my second vaccine. I was just in bed all weekend. I slept all Saturday, slept the first half of Sunday, and then I spent all afternoon in a coffee shop with my friends reading, which, by the way, great Sunday activity when you just want to be doing a little bit of nothing, but like a little bit of something. Ask your friends to spend all afternoon at a coffee shop and just bring your books or your journals, whatever. And you can just sit and chat. Then you can take breaks from talking to read. It was perfect. I had the best Sunday. I've been loving Sundays. Sundays and workout days seem to be my favorite. It's the work from home days where I'm here all by myself that are just eating me alive right now. And yesterday, I had a to-do list. I had a schedule out for myself. I also had an outfit that I put on. I got myself out of the house. It was a beautiful day. You know, like all of the criteria to set yourself up for success had been done, you know? Even the weather was on my side. So 
the fact that I still had a bad day, I'm like, when is it going to end? The sad thing is that when I went to bed Sunday night, oh, I just couldn't wait to record the podcast because I was so well rested. I've been having these wilder weekends and just aggressively socializing. Monday, I'm ready to work, but I spent the weekend with no plans. I I had no one to answer to, and it was a beautiful experience. I don't do that ever, um, especially not in the name of choice. I do that in the name of depression where I spend all day in bed, and I hate myself for it normally, but I had that chunk of time blacked out. I was like, I know I'm probably going to be in bed this weekend, so I'm not going to make any plans. I'm My plan is to do nothing. Like I'm making a conscious effort to be in bed, and it felt great. I woke up Sunday morning feeling great, and then I went to bed Sunday night being like, this week ahead is going to be so good because I'm so well rested, and then I slept like shit on Sunday night, and I woke up yesterday morning playing a, a horrible, anxious game of how can I find joy? Why am I not okay? How can I get myself right? Like, what's my get right? And I just was doing all of the things in the book. Like I said, I made myself a to-do list. I knew exactly what I had to get done. I got dressed. I gave myself a little bike ride moment, went on a walk. What else did I do yesterday? I went to the store, ran some errands. I was doing all of the little things, all the little things that normally are able to get me to a stable place. And I was so unstable. And then by the mid-afternoon, late afternoon, I was done. I had no words, no thoughts left in me to give myself the effort to get myself better. By the time John came home from work, I was just doodling in my notebook and I didn't think I could look up to him because I was afraid that if I made eye contact with him, I would burst into tears. I just felt so broken and defeated because I'm under the belief that I am in control of my own life up until, you know, a certain point. I know that I can't control, like, oh, that my mom passed away at the last day of March. Like, I I can't, <laughs> I can't control that, but I can control my attitude and I can control how I spend my time. That I am under control of. So doing everything in my power and it's still not being enough was defeating. It really was defeating. So today is a new day and I did the same thing of just like putting on a cute outfit. I've been putting so much effort into my outfits lately, which is, it's interesting. Like the things I do when I'm really, really happy are also the things that I do when I'm sad or down. makes sense because I'm just trying to think of all the things I do when I'm happy to make myself happy. But I put on an outfit. I went for a bike ride. I went to Blue Bottle, got myself a coffee, sat in on the steps of, I guess it was the courthouse. I don't really know what building I was sitting on the steps of in downtown Brooklyn and I was reading my book the bike ride was nice I was listening to Billy's new album in my airpods so far so good and the weather's a bit I mean there's no blue it's just all overcast today I'm feeling a little better the fact that I'm recording this podcast is sort of blowing my mind because I almost felt so quiet I've been so quiet so anyway yesterday Like I said, I was afraid that if I made eye contact with John, I was going to burst into tears. I just felt broken and I, I have, I had nothing to say. I had nothing to say. And I thought maybe this is what I need. I just need a little time by myself. One of my normal coping mechanisms or just things I do when I would need to feel better is call a friend and it always helps 100% of the time. Calling my dad, calling my aunts, calling my cousin, calling my friends. It, It all helps. But I haven't had a lot of solitude in a while. I'm thinking this through because I did talk about in the last episode, I believe that when I had, I think it was yes, last Monday, I had the house to myself and it was utter bliss. I felt so relaxed and good. But honestly, it's been a bit of a downhill spiral since last week. I mean, you could even hear it at the end of last week's episode. What was it called? Falling out of love. I just wasn't great. I wasn't doing my best, and I'm here to say that it's gone worse. It's gone worse. <coughs> yeah, those were fake coughs. I just, it's not embarrassing. I just don't know how much farther I'm going to go down before I go up again, and I don't want anyone to worry. I'm not going to off myself. I'm not going to do any harm to myself. I'm clearly making such a com- conscious effort to do everything I can in my power to make myself better, 
And I, I'm talking to my therapist. I fucking hate it though right now, which is so not like me. I'm so pro-therapy. I, you know, a few years ago, whenever I first started seeing her, biggest fan. One of my favorite parts of my week. Truly a highlight. Now I just resent the thought of it and I'm trying to compose a text to tell her that I'm just not in the mood for it right now. I can't. I can't do it. I don't want to. I don't want to, especially when I have this podcast now and I have a support system and my tragedy is very open. When I first went to therapy, I had a lot of secrets, a lot of things that I didn't feel comfortable telling my friends um, and I needed professional help. I needed, you know, some real answers from someone who had studied but loss of a parent, I'm not the first or last person to go through it. It feels like the community is hurting with me and and there's support all around. So having therapy at the moment, yes, I guess I'm getting professional advice, but it feels like I'm just catching up with another person, like keeping them updated. And I don't want to do it. I don't want to pay someone to update them on my tragedy. I don't want to do it, which is not like that at all. It's just how it feels. And I can't, I can't help how it feels right now. So that's what's going on with me desperately trying to make myself better what else has been going on i feel like there's just a bad spell on me i'm in this horrible headspace a horrible mindset and the funny thing is i could literally wake up tomorrow and it could all be gone disappeared truly disappeared but that's not the case right now i really feel like i entered this alternate reality where everything is the same except for just bleaker just more depressing and i completely fall into what's the the concept that we see the world not as it is but as we are as when I'm in a great mood I'm seeing great things all around me when I'm in a depressing mood or just a bad mood headspace mentality whatever everyone seems like they're in the exact same mood I just you know reflect it I I my vision it's like very selective and that's all I'm seeing it felt like everyone that was sitting on the stairs with me today was also just utterly depressed and that's not real that's my warped sense of reality (sighs) it's horrible it's fucking horrible I'm sorry it's just I'm in the thick of it again I'm in the thick of it and I need a sip of water Mm. we're also gonna take a breath We're going to breathe in for three, hold for three, exhale. Ready? Breathe in. One more. Breathe in. Breathing's medicine. Breathing's medicine. Stories are medicine. Oh, I should do a story episode. I don't know if it should be sad stories, probably happy stories probably happy stories but I want to read stories because stories really are medicine (sighs) but I'm in this I'm in this solitude right now and I'm I'm trying to figure out that's what's right I'm very much in an in-between state I'm neither here nor there it feels dark though so maybe I'm in the dark (laughs) I don't know I don't know what's going on I just know it's not good and I know it's gonna be over but I'm just trying to keep myself afloat so that I'm ready for when things are just better or when I feel better. It doesn't always work like that, but sometimes it does. What else do I feel like? Bad spells on me. Had a lot of bad luck lately. I'm a person with good luck, almost objectively. Been having a lot of bad luck lately. Having a lot of bad luck. A lot of I've got a lot of tickets that I had to pay. I have this like random bill that keeps servicing that I paid the urgent care, but randomly I still owe nine dollars, and it's like, why would I pay you fifty, but not fifty nine? Like, why do I owe you? You know, like I wouldn't have chosen to not pay the full thing when I was leaving, so I don't know how I owe more. Also, I got a parking ticket, and I went today to pay it. It hasn't been put in the system. And you know what's gonna happen? I bet this happens to so many people. They go to pay their ticket. It's not put in the system and then they forget about it and they never pay it and then it increases and then they owe way more. Same thing, I got a a driving ticket, which is so funny because I fully deserved it. I fully deserved it. I was using GPS and it was taking me through side streets. You know when GPS is trying to save you three minutes and so it takes you down every tiny short road and some of the roads in New York are destroyed. There's potholes 
making up 50% of the roads. It, your tires are in for a treat. Yeah, it's it's nasty. So I was on one of these streets. I'm like, I just need to get on the main road. I don't care. I'm not in a rush. I don't need to get somewhere faster. So I'm looking at my GPS, just desperately finding a place to turn around. Then all of a sudden sirens come. So I move out of the way so that this police car can pass me. And they're like, ma'am, pull over. I'm like, oh, it's for me? Fuck. Like, what did I do? Like, run a red light? Like, run a stop sign? I had to have I've been so distracted trying to find a way to, you know, figure out the GPS and figure out where I am so I can turn around. So then I pull over, two cops come on either side of my car, and I just instantly say, I'm like, I'm so sorry, I do not know what I did. I've been so distracted looking at my GPS, and he's like, I'll tell you what you did in a second. (laughs) So he leaves, both of them leave, and I'm like, okay, well, I... There was no need to be so rude. Cops just are sometimes just proving their reputation again and again. Like, I clearly was coming from a friendly place. No need to have an attitude. So he comes back and he's like, ma'am, you had your phone in your hand and we have to give you a ticket for it. I was like, oh, got it. No problem. It's just I fully deserved it. Like, I totally was breaking the law. Um, And I owned up to it the second he pulled me over. But it could have been just such a funny little moment. Like, man, we can't do that. He's like, that. he could have just been like, that's what we're pulling you over for. That's illegal. You got to get off it. And I asked him, like, what the law is. Like, what's the solution? And he's like, I don't know. I was like, so how would I use GPS legally on my phone in my car? He's like, I don't know. You'd have to look it up. I was like, but it's illegal because it's in my hand. He's like, yeah, it's illegal because you had an electronic device in your right hand. I was like, just my right? And he's like, your right hand. So he made that really ambiguous and confusing. Idiot. Just an idiot cop. Um, So anyway, went to pay that one after my parking ticket that hasn't been processed yet. And that has incorrect information. Something wasn't put in correctly. So is that going to get increased in you know, dues as well. Am I just going to have bigger bills? And all of my information I was entering is correct. So it had to be wrong on his end. (sighs) I mean, those are just minor details. Like the death of a mother is significantly worse than a traffic ticket, but it doesn't, it's just compiling, you know, it's a lot of compiling. And I don't know much how I'm stuttering and I don't know how much more I can take. I'm really trying, though, and I'm open to change. I do want to run away, though. That's definitely been in my subconscious. I keep wanting to take drives. I keep wanting to take trips. I keep wanting to leave, but it's one of those things wherever you go, there you are, you know? I can escape all I want, but there I am. Can't escape from myself. My problems are going to follow me wherever I go, but I am in the mood for a vacation. I think I deserve a vacation. I don't need to justify. You can take as many vacations as you want. I just want to go somewhere new and maybe get a change in perspective. I just need something new. I'm trying to do new things. Like I bike somewhere new today. I had a pretty goodish morning. Really bad yesterday. I'm hoping tomorrow's better. All I'm saying is that if you're dealing with depression, anxiety, tragedy, despair, general sadness low mood, exhaustion, anything of the sort, my heart goes out to you. It's interesting, this is the first time ever in my life I've experienced anxiety, and I've brought this up before, but I'm familiar with depression, you know? It's very much just this slow numbness where it's like you're moving through molasses, but anxiety is new to me, and it's it's like you're sitting there you know, like waiting for something or, you know what I mean? Like your heart's racing. There's a lot of speed involved where everything is so slow in depression. It's almost like you're waiting to start something. Whereas anxiety, to me, it feels like I'm waiting for a moment to stop. I'm like, what am I waiting for? Like when, when is this going to be over? And that's my life right now. I did ask on Instagram for your questions, but I had them I encourage them to specifically be involving sadness, darkness, and the more depressing aspects of life. This is a dark episode. This is a heavier episode. I'm in a heavier part of my life. I can't, I'm not going to sit here and try to make myself be anything other than exactly what I am because of the nature of this podcast. It's a diary style, introspective, weekly podcast, and I'm not going to sit here and act all chipper just so just for the sake of acting chipper. It's not what I want. It's not what you want. It would sound fake and forced. So there will be a lighthearted, happy episode soon, but we're just going to roll in the darkness, okay? We're going to embrace it. We're going to lean into it. 
So hopefully we can accept it and then move out of it, right? That's, that's one of the strategies I'm trying to take right now. So let's look. First question is from Lindsay Rem, feeling unfulfilled. Lindsay is a YouTuber, Instagram content creator, and when I'm feeling unfulfilled, we'll just, we'll start in YouTube because that's the one thing her and I definitely have in common. I would sit down, get a piece of paper out, and just think of a crazy YouTube video to film, like something that you've never done before. Just try to get out of the box so you're not in that rut because unfulfillment, I think, comes from things being too easy, too effortless, and I love myself a challenge, and that's probably something that you could benefit from, giving yourself a challenge, whether that be in your work, in your personal life, um, or finding something that, you know, something you've always wanted to pursue but never taken the time to do, or vice versa, acknowledge your opposites or your weaknesses, and maybe spend some time correcting them or working on them. Give yourself a challenge. Alex Nest asked, how to feel at peace with your own mortality? I mean, life and death are are absolutes. Death is inevitable from the moment you enter this earth. I don't know why Americans have such a dark perception of death. Death is not dark. Murder is dark. Dying too early, dying of horrible, tragic sickness, that's dark. But that's not, the death is not what's dark. It's our job. I mean, it's our gift to get to spend this time that we have doing exactly what we want spending it how we please, making a difference in a positive way, exploring ourselves, understanding ourselves, understanding others, understanding the earth, just getting to experience all that there is so that when we pass on, we feel at peace with it. But death is not a darkness. Death is not tragic. So I feel at peace with my own mortality because I understand that it's I've known this whole time that it's limited and that's just part of the game that's just part of life honestly I would love to volunteer with kids who are dealing with grief because I really have a great relationship with death itself this is an interesting question May Quinguyen asked for my take on growing out of friendships and or losing long-term friends you'd be surprised sometimes they come back you know I've definitely had friends that I was close with in middle school and then now we've you know we've had years apart and we're closer than ever I've had friends that a lot of times it's on my terms where I realize I just don't want them in my life anymore I just don't need them um and I find that you know I'm offering a lot more to the friendship than I'm gaining and it's not it's not a happy friendship So the idea of growing out of friendships, you're growing or moving into a new space of life and be open to whatever is new. It's inevitable. Like we're going to make new friends. I know a lot of people fear that they're going to have no friends. They're going to move somewhere new. They have no friends. They're just lonely. But I promise like friends, people are looking for friends. People want to make connections. I know all of you do. You guys ask me all the time how I make friends. Like there are people out there wanting to make friends so when you're growing out of a friendship or losing a long-term friend you're making space for someone new in your life and if it's something that you're not wanting to lose fight for it fight for something that you want but I mean at the end of the day like everyone has their own free will and if someone doesn't want to be your friend anymore you have to respect that and that's a loss in itself and it's it's a death of a relationship and that's no fun but I will say for friends that ah the end of our friendship was absolutely, by all definition, traumatic, like fully a traumatic loss. Um, here I am years later, you know, it's literally no weight on my back, none at all. Meg Dwyer asked, if I die tomorrow, what regrets would I have about life, if any? Probably not having a family or kids, but the thing is, I wouldn't necessarily regret that because it, it's not the time I would have wanted. Um, it's sort of the same question of, you know, if you knew you only had a year left, what would you do? My priorities would obviously shift, and that's not in the sense that my priorities are incorrect. I'm just thinking a little bit long-term. You know, like, I would probably not be so focused on finances if I knew I only had one year left because I wouldn't be planning for my retirement because I would damn well know I wasn't going to have one. Whereas here, I want to make long-term investments, and, and finances are important to me. 
because I want to be able to support a family in the future. And if my kids want to get higher education, I want to be able to provide that for them. I guess if I died tomorrow, I wouldn't have regrets, but I hope to do more in this life. Oh, I love this. Maria, I don't know, Maria L-B-U-I, Maria boy, I don't know. Uh, How can we explain to others that there's beauty in the dark aspects of life? darkness is part of it like it's part of the experience and it shouldn't be everlasting and I know it feels slow and heavy but it's important for growth here's another little analogy you know when you're really (laughs) I don't smoke as much as it sounds I swear but you know when you're like high in public and you're like fuck everyone knows I'm high like everyone knows I'm high this is so stressful But then you just have to say, like, who cares? I'm high in public. That's fine. Like, I don't care if anyone knows that I'm high. It's almost like when you're in a dark space of life, you're just thinking, oh, my God, like, everything sucks. Like, why am I so sad? Why am I so so depressed? Why am I so anxious? Like, oh, my God. And then you realize, oh, okay, I'm just in a dark chapter of my life. Like, this is just something I have to go through and you get rid of the added stress that you're creating around the darkness or the added stress that you're creating around the fact that people might know you're high it's like okay I bet there's a ton of people walking around that are high right now you know so don't make it worse on yourself but there really is beauty in darkness and you can come I mean I've made a lot of bonds like one of my best friends and I he and I have definitely become just closer over the fact that now he's one of the only people I know that's lost his mom and now I have two and you know there's bonds in the tragedy there's there's beauty in the dark just as much as there's beauty in the light okay this answer might surprise you but Gina Maria asked have you thought why me regarding losing your mom I've actually had the opposite thought I've I've thought of course like not like oh this would happen to me in a sarcastic way but almost as in a I'm not surprised like this is something that makes sense somehow like this this seems like it's a part of my story and it's almost like this tragic <sighs> it, it it almost felt it almost felt too real and too expected to even be surprised which that doesn't make any logical sense because one of the ironic things about my mother's death is that oh my god I can't Okay, when I talk about it in almost a removed scientific way or just a very literal death, I'm able to do it without getting too emotional. But the second I think of her face, I can't. (sighs) But I really don't. I'm fine crying. I just don't want to do it right now. It's not like, oh, big girls don't cry. It's not like that. I just really would like to finish my sentence. Uh, The ironic thing about my mom's death is she was so sick my whole life. I was literally a miracle baby. Like My mom and I were both supposed to die during her childbirth. And we made it out alive. And my mom was sick, so sick up until 2013. And then she got new organs. She got a new pancreas and new kidneys and had this whole new lease on life. And then she passed away at her peak health. In 2020, my father and mother took their health into their own hands. I've never seen them care about exercise. I've never seen them eat healthier. And that's when my mom goes, really? That like... And and in this dark, twisted way, it almost felt like... And my mom and I had never been closer. Like, we we did not have a perfect relationship. Like, we fought so much. Like, it was not like, oh, we were inseparable. Like, no, I was a normal teenager that got into normal fights with my mom. And, like, like really had so many issues for such a long time. And I spent years in therapy working them out. And her and I finally, like, were really on this beautiful groove. And I spent all summer, like a month, month and a half of summer with them last year. And her and I just, we just figured it out. We just, we just figured it out. And, and even like the week that she passed, I was in Los Angeles and her and I were just FaceTiming every day on my walks. And, and we just had such a good thing going. And it's like, she left at a high in this dark twisted way it feels like she couldn't have left until that high like she still had work to do here on earth before she could go because she was so sick so it's like if she passed away when I was seven or ten or thirteen it wouldn't have been nearly as surprising but in this spiritual way it felt like it was part of her journey to make sure that her and her daughter were really tight and 
and her health was in check and she did everything she could before she could go. (sighs) In some twisted ways, it feels like it just perfectly adds up. So no, I haven't thought, why me? Jeanette Ranas asks, can sadness be addictive? Totally. Negativity can be so addictive. I see it in people in my personal life. They just get into this headspace of negativity or of sadness, and that becomes their default. And that's not my personal experience, but absolutely. And honestly, cut it out. Alyssa Mora asked, or she said that she lost her dad in September, and I'm sorry for your loss. She said, moving on from friends that don't get it, just take a break from them. If they don't get it, they don't get it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a bad person. Um, They just can't help you right now, and you need people that can help you right now because this is heavy, and in a literal and a metaphorical sense, you need support. (sighs) I just am still a little worked up from a couple questions ago. Uh, Take a break, take a pause, and when you become a bit stronger... If the friendship rekindles, don't keep grudges or resentments over it. However, if the friendship isn't rekindled, move on. They were there for a season and they couldn't help you in your time of need. And it's it's sad, but just keep moving forward. Anna Gavalova asks for my comfort place when I'm sad. Oh, I love walking to the grocery store. <laughs> I really do. I really, I have this amazing grocery store in my neighborhood and I love to walk through it. actually ran into a friend there one time. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just, <laughs> just passing through. I love to just go on long walks. So honestly, like consistently my car in the grocery store. Oh, okay. This one's about suicide. If you're not here for that conversation, I'm totally understanding of that. Just skip ahead a minute to be safe. Calm Vibes asked, why is suicide such a big deal? Sometimes life isn't just meant for someone. I think life is meant for everyone. I really do. I think we already have such limited time. To cut it short is such a disservice. I always tell myself if it were to ever get that bad, I would just abandon everything that I know and start fresh somewhere before I were to just leave the earth because the earth is a very large place. And just because you can't find happiness in your town, in your state, in your coastline, in your country, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist for you on this planet. And you may as well just do things completely bonkers and absurd and fun before just taking it all away. There's no need to do that. You're going to die eventually, not to be too... But that's what I'm saying. It's not that bleak. Like, death is just death. It just is death. So do as you please. I mean, we all know this is within reason. I'm not saying don't harm anyone. Don't be violent. Don't act out. Don't make things any worse for anyone else just because you're feeling bad. No need to project your feelings onto someone else. I'm, I'm saying it from an almost like a joyous, detached sense. Francis Kamalari asked, have you ever felt that you were being pushed out of New York? I mean, 2020... If you're in lockdown, New York City is not the place to be. Homes are too tiny. And I've already said this. If we go back into lockdown, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I did it once. I don't really want to do it again. I proved to myself that I can do it. But I want a house. I'm going to round up some friends that want to leave with me. And, like, we'll go get a house somewhere. Somewhere random. How, like, Texas, Hawaii, um, Wyoming, I don't know, Virginia. Something just bigger with more space and a yard that I can roam and be barefoot oof that's what I would do but as soon as New York came back I mean I was so glad to be here I haven't wanted to leave well it's it's a little it's a little uh contradictory because I keep wanting to escape but I don't necessarily want to escape New York in in the same way that I would if we were in lockdown I'm just trying to escape my problems but New York as a whole I really haven't I think wanted to take vacations really because I love being here right now. Summer in New York has been incredible as a whole. I know I'm in a bit of a dark moment, but as a whole, summer in New York has been really great. Has my focal fry been bad today? Guys, I don't even don't don't even say anything. Ugh. 
Well, that's an interesting question that I would have to think about because I don't have an answer. Libby Green asks for what's the worst thing I've ever seen. Homelessness is something that really, on a personal level, bothers me, but it's something that I know our country could take care of and they're choosing not to, and that in itself is something horrible that I have to witness. I mean, sometimes when I'm taking my B-roll shots or just my still shots for my vlogs, you can see a homeless person just sitting in the background and it's it's like, what am I supposed to do? Like, crop them out and pretend it doesn't exist, but also it feels exploitive to have them in the shot. I don't have much to say about homelessness besides how tragic it is. Um, so I don't really like seeing that. Um, I don't know, there's something to think about. Am I getting too dark? Do we need something a little lighter? Guys, I love you, if that matters. I don't know what you're doing right now. <laughs> you're like on your morning commute. And I'm like, death is inevitable. I'm sorry if you're going to have a weird mood. But it is something to think about when you're brushing your teeth tonight before bed. Just give it a thought to how precious and temporary this life is. And we owe it to ourselves to do some things. To do what we want. To love each other. Not to get all hippy-dippy and head-assed, but like... Oh, we deserve to love. We deserve to love and be loved. Things don't need to be so complicated. <sighs> Do we need to take another breath? We're going to take one more breath. Okay, breathe in for three. Hold for three. Breathe out. Ready? Breathe in. <sighs> we're going to be better soon. If you're going through this with me, we're going to be better soon. I promise. Nina Robinson asked how to come to terms that recovery isn't linear. Whatever that is. I mean, nothing's linear. Time's not linear. Our fitness journeys aren't linear. Whatever you're recovering from isn't linear. And taking steps back after you've taken so many steps forward does feel quite defeating. I could even say that for where I'm at right now. I've taken such, such strides to make myself better. So to fall back a bit is really defeating. However... I have to remind myself, as it always does, and as it always has been, I will move forward once again. I'm not going to keep falling back forever and ever. That's just not how it works. So I have to remind myself that I will be moving forward soon enough. Morgan's emo asked, or IMO, tips on gaining closure after a breakup. I don't think there really is closure. I think closure is a personal thing hot take I just don't think or maybe that's not a hot take do a lot of people think that people who do try to get closure are never satisfied with it because you're breaking up most of the time because you're on a different page than your partner you guys are no longer on the same page you don't want the same things you're not thinking the same way feeling the same things there's there's a divide there's a disconnect and for you to get the closure it would have to be a connection and that's almost asking for the impossible because that person and you, if you were able to get that full circle, beautiful moment, it would almost provide hope and therefore you might continue the relationship. So closure is an independent act. It's something that, I mean, in my personal experience, I gained closure on my own and then I reached out to him and I let him know and I finally gave him my feelings and I didn't need anything in response. I wasn't looking for anything from him. I just wanted to tell him that. But it took me like four years. So it's not... I hope your process is quicker than me. I used to hold a lot of grudges. And that's something that I've tried to work out. Um, honestly, that one taught me a lot. I don't think I hold grudges as much anymore. At least I try not to. But I do think that the best tip I can give for closure is to do it alone. Karina MN... Oh... <laughs> The wrong person. Thanks, so She said, love your podcast. Many kisses from Germany. Thank you. Wait, where's the one I was just looking at? Oh, Ella Bruck asked, why do we exist? I just can't wrap my head around human purpose. Uh, purpose is, okay, potentially another hot take, is an option. Sometimes exploration is enough of an existence. Just reaching for understanding and experiencing and being can be a purpose just simply loving I don't think it's as concrete as career path uh you know starting your own business beginning a charity or creating a beautiful family 
it's not necessarily all about creation. Purpose doesn't need to be creation. Sometimes it's intake. Sometimes it's it's insight, if that helps. If that helps. I don't know if that helped. That's just my opinion. I just have one opinion out of the, every motherfucker out here who has an opinion. But if you do like this podcast, I'll give myself a plug. If you want to give it a cute little five-star rating or leave a review if you like the podcast, um, I would love that and it would be much appreciated. Certified Maupal asked how to add meaning in your life when it doesn't feel fulfilling. So Lindsay also asked about unfulfillment. And another alternative to my answer, if it's not challenging yourself, it's giving. Giving is one of the easiest, quickest ways to feel fulfilled, to simply give back because sometimes self-serving cycles of just pure independence where you're isolated from you know, you're only helping yourself and not in necessarily a selfish way, but just in a singular sense to give back feels, feels fulfilling. I mean, volunteer, um, simply just do more good deeds, make it a conscious effort to do random acts of kindness. Uh, and I'm sure that that could lead to more fulfillment. Similar answer to a very different question. Rania Hinterplatner said, I feel so ugly right now, and I just don't know how to feel better. Um, If you feel really ugly right now, you're probably very in your own head, and giving back and volunteering or just doing random acts of kindness is such an easy way to get outside your head and somewhere else, and it's a healthy thing to do. Because a lot of times when I'm focusing on, you know, insecurity about my body, a lot of times I'm just bored, you know, and our brains have this weird little way of coming up with problems for ourselves when we don't have any. And if you feel so ugly because maybe your behavior is a little off, you're going through a bit of a funk, um, have patience and give yourself grace. But if you just feel really ugly right now and it's distracting you, find a different distraction and let that distraction be a positive one that's going to make you feel better and make you feel pretty. So you could do external things like work out, you know, do your hair, do your makeup, or you could make other people feel really good and loved and give love and you'll probably feel more self-love and in turn feel more lovely and beautiful. Emma underscore Pearl asked, how to cope with the fact that we're just insignificant specks of dust on a spinning rock in the universe? Does that not give anyone else peace? Does that not make anyone else feel a little bit better? That not everything has to be such a big deal? That's a helpful thought to me. When I find that the world doesn't revolve around me, when I'm when the world, world doesn't even revolve around my species as much as we think it does, that time exists before me and time will exist after me. But also, if we want to get metaphysical about it, technically we're, we've always been here and we always will be here because we just are, you know? Like, we exist in a... We don't need to get onto all of this. We really don't. But I'm just... Want to make that note that, like, technically, we might always be here. Because there just isn't anything but... <sighs> Let me ground myself for a second. Um, how to cope with the fact that we're just insignificant specks of dust on the spinning rock of the universe. Um, it's freeing. I don't know. I don't... I'm not... I don't... That's not something I have to cope with. Because that's something that gives me a lot of relief. This one I'm just gonna put out there. So Danny for LA asks how to prevent self-sabotaging behavior. Love the pod. Thank you. I don't know. So way back when, like in middle school and high school, and even into LA, I mean like my post-grad, well, I went to I went <laughs> doesn't matter. So like from 13 to 21, I had a really bad skin picking habit. I would spend oh my gosh I mean sometimes even hours in front of the mirror just picking every pore popping anything I possibly could on my face and I got really into skincare and really just gave that up it's resurfaced somehow and it feels like hello darkness my old friend just popped out of the woodworks and I can't stop I've spent at least 45 minutes every single day in front of the mirror ripping my face apart the right side of my face is swollen and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to prevent self-sabotaging behavior. So I'm literally saying this question out loud because I need answers too. Mel 
Winkleson99 asks how to cope with being sad when you don't actually have a reason to be sad. Are you sure you don't have a reason to be sad? Many of us aren't just sad on default. Um, if you're in a cycle of sadness, if you've just if you're allowing emotions from something you've already dealt with linger, then make it a conscious effort to move on. But if you're just feeling sad, I think that's a signal. No, I think that's a signal of something to look into, because normally feelings don't come purely out of thin air. A lot of times they do come from a bit of reason. Ooh, another one that I don't have an answer to, but I want to bring this up because maybe you guys will. Sofa, Sofa Autumn asked, how do you recenter? I don't know what about that question feels so lovely, but recentering, not how do you center? How do you recenter? Because maybe your center is in a different place. And I know that I'm looking into it more than she probably was thinking with her her question she probably was just thinking how do you center yourself how do you get back to a place of balance but something about that spoke to me how do I recenter because maybe that's what I need in my life I feel off balance but maybe I'm trying to balance something that isn't my place anymore maybe I need to find balance and find my center somewhere else huh wow <laughs> that was so enlightening to me Grace Jocks asked, do you ever get hung up on memories of being mean to or angry with your mom? No, and you know why? Because I was incredibly lucky that her and I were at such a high point when she passed. And that's such a beautiful tragedy in itself that I didn't get to enjoy more of the time that we had. But we had spent so much time building up our relationship to be everything that we wanted to be and we mastered it. We finally got it, and then she passed. So I really, in terms of my connection with my mom, it couldn't have been any better. I mean, who knows what the future would have had in store. But for that reason, I've been able to not be hung up on any time that I was just an asshole kid to her. I will say, if this is a sign, let it be a sign that if you have any sort of poor relationship with your mom... Please, do it for me. Make an effort to find peace with her. Another suicide question. Um, Phoebe Lau, Lou, 23, asks, have you ever considered suicide? Yes, and I think that that is human. I think the only way to understand life is to contemplate death. I do not know anyone that has never once considered suicide, and that doesn't mean made a suicide attempt, but considered it. I really think you're lying if you said you've never once considered it. It's not an isolating thought. It's a very understandable question to ask yourself. Erica with 3K said, what to do when you have nothing to look forward to? I feel that. I'm sort of in that spot now where I don't have a direction that I want to go to yet. Like I said, I'm very much under the belief that we're in control of our own life in terms of our own actions and how we spend our time and our mentality around things. And it's our job to take care of ourselves. But when we have nothing to look forward to, it feels, feels a little, there's a little bit of a hopelessness to it because you're, you know, like she said, there's nothing to look forward to. I do have a vacation with my family that I'm looking forward to. But besides that, my advice for this situation, because this is at least what I've been doing, clean house, you know, have all your ducks in a row that when an opportunity comes your way or when you finally come to an idea of what you want to do next, you're ready. Make sure you're taking care of yourself and not falling any farther behind than you could be. I don't know if that's good advice, but I think just keep your ducks in a row, like get yourself prepared. Prepare so you can be ready when it's time. Feels a little ambiguous. Feel like that sounds, it's a little, it's a little vague, but do you feel me on that? You wanna be ready for whatever. So just in the meantime, be prepping. Be prepping for the next thing to come, even though we don't know what that is yet. Devin Lake asked for advice on anxiety. I get anxious when I'm hungover about stuff I said or did while drunk. I mean, that's a a chemical thing. Like, even, I mean, depletion of 
I don't know if it's serotonin or what the science is behind it, but when alcohol leaves our body, anxiety is a symptom that can totally come and it's very natural. That's definitely been the case for me. I was never anxious the day after drinking, but now I get anxiety almost every single time, even if I know damn well that I didn't do anything embarrassing. I just feel humiliated. And I think the only, the only two cures for that are either A, not to drink, or B, to have a conscious knowledge that, you know, whether or not you actually did anything that you should be nervous about, or if you're just experiencing anxiety. Sometimes just the clarifying belief, like, mm, you didn't do anything. This is just a chemical thing. This is just a chemical reaction. You know what? There's so many questions and I could go on and on, but there's already a lot to think about. And I really want you all to take a moment when you're brushing your teeth, brushing your hair, doing your skincare tonight, getting ready for bed, just to think about that darkness is nothing to fear, that it's also temporary, that we owe it to ourselves to explore in this life. We owe ourselves the attempt and, and the, the findings. Like We deserve to experience joy over and over and over again. And this is a beautiful experience that we have and life is a wonderful thing. And though death is inevitable, we should never bring it upon ourselves early. That is not the mission. That is not... That is not an option. None of you. Nope. None of you. No, no, no. None of you. That's not an option. Nope. Life is a beautiful thing and we need to see it through. And when it's our time, our time will come. But now we're living and let's make an effort to live our life. I love you all and I'll see you guys in my next episode. Maybe feeling lighter, maybe feeling heavier. I don't know which direction I'm going to go. Only time will tell. I love you all so much and... See you later. XOXO, Lexi. This is Julie Chrisley inviting you to listen to our podcast, Chrisley Confessions, on the Podcast One Network. Each week, we play listener voicemails and offer advice, suggestions, and opinions based on our own life experiences. Also, listen in to get the latest updates on all things Chrisley. New episodes every Wednesday on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Dad's Mr. Popular at the JCPenney Father's Day Sale. From tees and tech to fragrance and fitness, find cool gifts for every kind of dad. Surprise him with an iTouch Active smartwatch, now $29.99. Score major savings with doorbusters like St. John's Bay Polos, just $7.99, and shorts, $16.99. Plus, shop extended store hours Friday and Saturday. Shopping is back. JCPenney. Offers valid on select styles through $6.19. Some exclusions apply. Doorbusters and smartwatch excluded from coupons. See store or jcp.com for details. Cedar Point's Frontier Festival is back and brimming with new flavor. From May 26th through June 19th, this Old West-inspired street fest will fill Cedar Point with live bands, nightly hoedowns, and a hubbub of family activities. Yup, you'll find wheelbarrows packed with sunflowers and characters straight out of the frontier. But you'll also discover 25 cherry-inspired dishes and over 65 cocktails, seltzers, and beers. Get all the fixins plus savings to boot with the Frontier Festival Bundle, which includes admission, parking, and a tasting card. Only at Cedar Point dot com.